0: Are not familiar with those uh, uh, Ten Commandments? You definitely live by a vast majority of them every single day. Especially if you are a resident of this country. Yes, it is very true that you may not agree with every single point of the Ten Commandments, uh, but the fact remains that uh, that most of those that you live in agreement with those these very words which Moses, which God spoke to Moses. Over 3,000 years ago. On Mount Sinai. So what are those Ten Commandments? Exodus 20 tells us in verse 1 and so on and so forth. It says, you shall not have any other gods before the Lord. You shall not create a god and then worship this god. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. also says, you shall remember the Sabbath. Then you are to honor your father and mother. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. And you shall not cover that which belongs to your neighbor. And so the average person would probably agree, Uh, That many of these commandments are good principles to live by, uh, but some would also agree that there are some which are non-negotiables. In other words, when we look at certain ones, we would say, this is true, not only during the time of Moses, but also during the time of us. As an example, you shall not kill. No one would ever say, well, that was just God talking to Moses. We don't believe any of that stuff. You see, God has placed uh, a level of morality in all uh, of mankind, which is not true of the animal kingdom. But with this in mind, most people would struggle with some of these aspects of the Ten Commandments. And one of the greatest struggles, especially within Christendom, is this idea of the Sabbath. As I've told you before, some people, uh, that, uh, that they have uh, based an entire religious system on whether or not, uh, if we keep the Sabbath. And of course, as we know, according to the Jewish calendar, the Sabbath occurs on Saturday. And and Sabbath keeping, it was so important that God had even instructed the Israelites that even the very land in which they subsist on, that it needed a Sabbath as well. So it wasn't just the people once a week, but it was also for the land once every seven years. Take a look at that. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 4. Leviticus 25, verse 4. It says, but in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. A Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field, nor or prune your vineyards. Today, some farmers, uh, that they mostly, uh, they try not to plant during that seventh year. Or if they uh, have planted a certain crop for six years or so, they rotate the crops. Sometimes from year to year. But I was reading an article in, uh, in 2007, was the Sabbath year in Israel. 2007 and when the farmers they were trying to figure out uh, those who had this orthodox belief how they were asking themselves this question how can we get around this commandment because they knew that in order for us to be faithful to God that means that uh, some folks may not have anything to eat and there's no way in the world they were reckoning within themselves that we can let the, the, the land basically uh, go as it is and also uh, provide for this nation of ours. So this is how they worked around God's law. They said, then what we're going to do, this is, this, is very true, this is a very true story, what we're going to do then, we as the Jewish nation, We're not going to plant, and we're not going to sow, and we're not going to reap anything in the seventh year. What we're going to do is, we're going to lease our land to non-Jews. We're going to tell the Gentiles of the world uh, that you can use our land, but in essence, you're going to have to pay us money and give us food. Uh, So they thought that they would work around uh, God's law in order to be right with God. Uh, But we know what God says, that you have to obey me in every single point. Because if you transgress against me in one single point, then you mess the whole thing up for yourself. But also during the Sabbath, uh, scripture encourages people not to do any work. So for those folks who uh, believe in the Ten Commandments, who work on uh, the Sabbath, that they themselves are in trouble. And then there's those folks who insist uh, that there's only one day of the week to go to church, and that day to go to church is on Saturdays. And if you go to church on any other day other than Saturday, then you are in sin. Uh, That means that uh, all of you sitting in here today would be defiantly in sin if you believed uh, fully in the Sabbath as it's presented according to the Jews. Uh, So when someone asks you uh, if you keep the Ten Commandments and you tell them yes, you are obligated to explain your rebellious attitude about Sabbath keeping. Uh, You say to yourself, yes, there's no other God but the God that I serve. Yes, I don't kill. Yes, I don't steal. And when I do lie, I confess my sins before Jesus Christ. You go straight down the line. But when it comes to the Sabbath, it's like, uh, 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 uh. But I know many of you in here today that you love the Lord. And you want to do what is right by him. So uh, let's walk through some scripture today. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy. Let's start here by looking at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, where we discover the source of the Sabbath. The source of the Sabbath. It reads here, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So from the very beginning of creation, uh, from the beginning of creation, the Sabbath was a special day. From the beginning of creation, the Sabbath, that it was a special day. In the beginning, God created the heavens heavens and the earth and everything in them. He created all this for his good pleasure, for no other reason. So you are here, we are here, I am here, all for God's good pleasure. In creation, we observe God at work accomplishing his goal of making the planets. God made the animals, he made the insects, uh, he made the people, all because it was just for his desire. Uh, because God, he wanted it, he wanted to do this. But just figure this out. Think about this. That you are here for God's good pleasure. You're here because of God's good pleasure. He told Adam and Eve, what? To be fruitful, multiply, multiply and fill the earth. Now people can't create people from nothing because the process of procreation or having children is something the Lord has placed in us. The desire men and women have for one another is a desire driven by a mandate of God to fill the earth within the bounds of His holiness. The Lord has done such an exceptional thing in his creation that scripture states here in Genesis 1 uh, 31 it says that and God saw everything that he had made and behold it wasn't just good, the scripture says it was very good. So after God created uh, all of his creation he looked at it he looked at adam he looked at eve he looked at the plants he looked at the adam uh, he looked at the the animals and he said uh, that it is very good you are very good now at the end of creating all good things genesis 2 and 2 tells us that god finished all of his work then he rested on the 7th day did you notice that Did we all see that, amen? Now, if you're anything uh, like I am, that one of the things that quickly comes to your mind when you read about uh, this idea of God rested, it's like, well, why does God need to rest? Uh, That doesn't make sense. If you're saying, on the one hand, that God is omniscient, if you're saying that he's omnipotent, If you're saying that he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. If you're saying he's immutable, that he does not change. If you're saying all of this about God, then why does God need to rest? Why? people for ages have wrestled with verses just like these. And based on these verses, I said, this doesn't make sense. And they turned completely away from the idea of believing in the existence of God. But again, if you were to tell the truth, if you were to begin to dig deeply in your heart and dig deeply in your mind, and you were to ask yourself the question God in resting, How, that doesn't even make sense. Listen to this. When the scripture reads that that God rested, it simply means that God ceased from doing an activity. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, When it says that God rested, it simply means that God stopped creating creation. So, he had gone through the first day, he had gone through the second day, he had gone through the third and fourth and fifth and sixth day, and then he stopped. So, in other words, the scripture could say that God stopped. And why did God stop? Because God and everything that he had created, uh, that he had said is good, and and, and pregnant within that statement, he is saying that all that I created was perfect. Everything uh, is perfect. I could not improve on anything that I had made. Uh, You know, that's a little bit different uh, from us. You know, when we need rest, uh, we don't rest because everything we've done is, is perfect. Amen? We don't rest because we can finally say at the end of the day, uh, uh, it is finished. My perfection. I cannot improve on anything that I have created. We can't say that about ourselves. Uh, when we take a nap and when we go to sleep, the reason that we do that is so that we can get enough energy to do what? Start all over again. Uh, because, you know, I can do a little tweaking here, a little tweaking there. You, you know how it is. Uh, you know, I even think and listen to some of the message, messages that I preach. Uh, sometimes I say, I should have said it like this. Or I should have brought this in here. Or I should have went in this direction. It's always something. Even when I thought I've exhausted every single thing that I could have, at the end of the day I come back and I say to myself, I should have. So when we think of us resting, it is not the same as God resting. When God rested, he stopped. Because everything that he created was perfect. However, as for the seventh day though, God blessed it and made it holy because his six days they were now complete so he says I'm gonna do something special on uh, the seventh day and I'm gonna holy this day and I'm gonna make this day special before me now remember this at the Sabbath that it was also as we see here in creation that it was initially set up in an unfallen environment There was no sin. When God created uh, the very first resting day, uh, the day uh, of of holiness, uh, there was no sin, was there? There was none. He created all creation, and then then he stopped everything he did, and then he uh, made holy that seventh day. Everything was perfect. You see, when your environment is conducive to connecting with God, then you are easily move, you easily move in tandem with His Spirit. It was easy for Adam and Eve uh, to walk into that Sabbath day in connection with God because there was no sin. Uh, They would come to their church day and everything was good with God. Uh, So the Sabbath was in effect... Uh, at the time of creation, uh, it was something uh, that Adam and Eve could experience with joy. But again, it was also a time of reflection of God's creation. Right? God made this day holy. So, what would Adam and Eve do on this Sabbath day? Well, there was nothing to do but reflect upon God's goodness. Reflect on the fact that God made the heavens and the earth. And that he was in relationship with his people. So God is the source of the Sabbath. Which found itself uh, in its place within creation. And during that time uh, that uh, God's unfallen uh, creation would worship him. And be in relationship with him during that day of Sabbath. Next. The silence of Sabbath. The silence of Sabbath. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. And to Adam he said, uh, because uh, you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I uh, commanded you, you shall not eat of it There it is. A sin interrupts the relationship in the Sabbath. The unbroken relationship that people had with God now has been disturbed by the willingness to listen to another voice instead of God's voice. Remember that during this time uh, that that the uh, Ten Commandments had not been given. There was no reason to say, you shall not kill. There was no reason to say you shall not commit adultery. There was no reason to say you shall not covet your neighbor's stuff. Uh, There was no reason to say you shall not lie. God didn't have to bring down these stones from Mount Sinai or whichever amount could have been possible in the garden. It, It was not necessary. All Adam and Eve had to do was to walk in obedience towards God. But yet... When uh, sin entered the picture, it disrupted, it interrupted, it interfered with this relationship uh, that these unfallen people, or this connection that they had with the Lord. So Adam and Eve, they caused this disruption and they tried to hide it. You see, even uh, what we don't say becomes a testimony about the condition of our heart. Why? Because our hearts bear witness against us even when we say nothing at all. God knows the condition of your heart. That's why he's omniscient. He knows what? Everything. At that time of communion with the Lord, knowing uh, that you are his good creation, had now come to a close... The garden that once easily yielded its fruit has now become a past memory uh, because the future of life would be a burden that makes us sweat. The edict of, uh, For you are dust, and to dust you will return, has become a reality in all of our lives. Uh, that, uh, that time of rested, resting in the Lord's presence has evaporated like boiling water in a teapot. Gone. Uh, From the garden all the way to Mount Sinai, there is never again any mention of the Sabbath. When you get a a chance to get home, you take a look at that. So we see the Sabbath mentioned here uh, in in Genesis, at the beginning of Genesis. But now from, from Genesis all the way through and into Mount Sinai, there is no mention of the Sabbath. Now, I need for you to truck along with me now. There is no Sabbath mentioned. Yeah, we see God's people, those folks who were called by God, like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and so on and so forth, but there is no mentioning of the Sabbath. But let me ask you this question Uh, consider this, reflect on this. How many of the other commandments did God insist upon, or did we see actually from? genesis all the way through mount sinai think about it for a second how many of the other commandments when we think of the ten commandments did we see in operation from that point in genesis all the way through mount sinai and the answer to that question is simply this all of them except for the sabbath as far as God being the only God, we saw that uh, as he uh, ministered to Abraham. And we already know about the lying and the killing and the, and, and the stilling and, and all the other stuff. We see people judged because of that. But not any uh, peep out of the Sabbath. Search the scriptures and you will discover for yourself that the Sabbath had gone the way Of the ease of labor next the people of the Sabbath the people of the Sabbath exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 now we are smack dab in the middle of the Sabbath exodus 20 verse 8 remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and rested on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy you see now God's God's uh, set-aside day will be for God's set-aside people now God's set-aside day will be for God's set-aside people Yeah, we did see it all the way back in Genesis, and then it disappeared on us. It evaporated. But now it is reestablished amongst his people. We Remember that the Hebrews lived in slavery for hundreds of years in Egypt. During that time, they worked without honor for Pharaoh and helped build a nation in which they would always be considered as an outsider. In, in other words they worked day in and day out they worked six days a week not five maybe even on the seventh day sometimes and they helped to build the nation of Egypt but yet when the Egyptians thought of the Hebrews uh, they would say to themselves uh, those people they stink uh, they didn't like the Hebrews in fact some of you in here today you work for companies You give that place your blood, your sweat, and your tears, and you have come to realize that you're going to always be an outsider. You will always be an outsider. You are only necessary to build the bottom line. And once they think that that bottom line is compromised because of you, or that bottom line is finally built up, then you're no longer necessary. Yes, but like in Egypt, A deliverer came, and now uh, your boss tells you, you have to work without straw. You have to work with fewer resources. And then at the same time, your boss tells you, but uh, you have to increase your productivity. So in other words, your boss tells you, you must work without straw. Pharaoh has told you to work harder, more efficiently with less people, with less stuff to draw upon, but yet you keep up pace, and as a matter of fact, you try to get ahead of everything. But now for the Egyptians, for the uh, Hebrews, that is. The Lord anointed Moses as deliverer, and he delivered the people from their strawless task. So please and bless uh, these people. They went into covenant with the Lord and agreed to all he had to say. So the people now, these Hebrews, they went into covenant with the Lord uh, and they agreed to all that he had to say. Exodus 24, verse 7. Exodus 24, verse 7. Then he, that is Moses... He took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. This covenant was a conditional one between Yahweh and his people. I need for you to get that. Say amen. Uh, If you've been uh, attending Wednesday night Bible study, you already got this. Amen. I'm only teaching and preaching to those who have not been to Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that, uh, that this covenant between uh, God and his people, it was conditional, right? Uh, and how do we know this? We know this because when we finally make it into Deuteronomy, uh, we see all these ifs. But if you do all that I tell you to do, you will be blessed. Blessed when you go in. Blessed when you go out, right? Amen? But the scripture, however, it also tells them, if you don't do it, what's going to happen? Come on now, Uh, in Deuteronomy, around 28 or so, uh, on the one hand, it says that you will be blessed if you do all that God tells you to do. Uh, Right? But if you don't do what he tells you to do, what was the verdict? You're going to be cursed. Uh, So this uh, covenant that God made with Israel and no other nation, so part of this covenant was the Ten Commandments. It was for God's people, for God's time. God would bless them if they promised to obey. But also, uh, I want you to remember uh, that the Sabbath is not just uh, and then we'll look at this one second and hey, go ahead and turn it now, as a matter of fact, Deuteronomy uh, chapter five, verse 15. Uh, the Sabbath is is not just for a day of rest, of reflection back on creation and what God did there but also it was a reflection it recalls God's redemption Deuteronomy 5.15 You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm therefore the Lord your God commanded you To keep the Sabbath day. So when you uh, come to the Sabbath, you have to also not only think about God, uh, and you hang in with me, I'm I'm getting there, and I'm almost there. So not only did we have to think about God, but we have to also think about his deliverance. Uh, You hear what I'm saying? We not only think about how God created the heavens and the earth, but we have to also remember how God Brought deliverance. The scholar Alan Ross states, and I quote, Sabbath was then a commemoration of God's work of redemption, which was not completed until all the promises were fulfilled in the land of promise. Read that one more time. Sabbath was then a commemoration of God's work of redemption, which was not completed. You hear that? It was not completed until all the promises were fulfilled. Where? In the land of promise. So in other words, what he's stating that this full idea of resting before the Lord or fully enjoying God's presence did, did not find its total completion until they were rested in the promised land. But as from the very beginning, The Sabbath was not intended for people to pursue their personal goals, but as a day of reflection and deeper communion with the Lord. So fraught with disobedience, God's people failed to enter that rest. Now, uh, on the one hand, we kind of talk about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath kind of talks about God's rest. And we said that's when God actually ceased from all things, but it took on slightly a different meaning with the Israelites in in the fact that they had lived in bondage for 400 years. Moses had brought them out through through deliverance through the power of God, right? And God said, you shall have uh, a rest on uh, the seventh day. That shall be your Sabbath. And this was in the wilderness there at Mount Sinai. They agreed to all those things, but yet they were striving. They were fighting. They were fighting left and right. And they just wanted one day they could finally be in their own land. That's a sidebar. So while uh, they had that day to enjoy God, that is, uh, the Sabbath as creator, that time to reflect upon God as delivered from Egypt, it did not occur for the first generation. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Hebrews 3, 10 and 11. And I'm moving on. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. You see? Make the connection there now between this idea of Sabbath being fully brought into completion in the promised land and entering into God's rest Uh, for the first generation of Hebrews. They never made it. They never entered into the rest of God. But that rest, this idea of rest, even though God ceased there in Genesis chapter 2, uh, that it brings us all the way back now to Genesis chapter 2. That rest was for a communion with the Lord, a time to reflect upon his personhood, and a time to experience the ceasing from that wilderness wandering. Then how do we respond to this idea of Sabbath? Here it is. Enter the rest of the Lord. Enter The rest of the Lord. Hang in there. Matthew chapter 12 verse 8. Jesus says this. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Very important. For the Son of Man is Lord of the what? So when we find ourselves entering into the, uh, the New Testament, the New Covenant under the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, that we, we find out that uh, all of the Ten Commandments were ratified in the New Testament except for the Sabbath. All of the Ten Commandments were ratified in the New Testament except for the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus reaffirmed the all. You should only have one God. You should not make any other graven image, right? You shouldn't kill. You shouldn't steal, right? You shouldn't covet, so on and so forth, right? Uh, And Jesus, he reaffirmed all these, or they were reaffirmed all in one way or another in the New Testament, except for the Sabbath. So as the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus states that he is the one and the only one where true, here it is, rest can be found. Right? So we think of entering in this idea of Sabbath where we find this to reflect upon God, but Jesus becomes now the focus of the Sabbath. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, what does Jesus say? Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor, and are heavy-laden and I will give you what rest Jesus says I am the Lord of the Sabbath in Jesus alone is found communion and peace with God in Jesus Christ is found the creator of all things Colossians 1 and 16 for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created uh, through him and for him. Now, uh, did you get that? So we started with uh, uh, the fact uh, in Genesis chapter 2 that it was a time of reflecting on God who created all things. You got that? But now here in Colossians 1.16, it says that for by him... All things were created. So if, if we're supposed to focus on God on the Sabbath, in Genesis 2, and for that matter, even in, in, in Exodus at Mount Sinai, Jesus says now that I am the fulfillment of that Sabbath. He says, In me you shall find what? Rest. Jesus, therefore, does not affirm the Sabbath in, the, in, in that sense in which we, we want him to, but he expands it and extends it. You see, for Christians, we don't live for one day a week, or time of seeking rest or reflection on God's goodness, do we? For us, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your Sabbath happens how often? Oh, now, come on now, I only heard one person. Uh, Okay, Uh, for some folks, they say, well, I can't make it to, I can't wait to make it to the Sabbath. Right? If they have this myopic view uh, of God's goodness and his personhood. But through the expansion through Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of his personhood, uh, now we as Christians can, can say that our Sabbath just doesn't happen one day a week. But it happens how often? Every every day you're supposed to find rest in Jesus Christ. For us, it is an everyday experience. So let's get this straight. Right here it is. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Sunday is not the Sabbath. The Sabbath, when it was originally designed, was designed for that last day of the week. But for us, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Why? Because Jesus is Lord, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. You see, now here we go, and I'm almost done. The Sabbath brings a culmination, uh, brings an end of all activities. Amen? Amen. Right? God created all the things he created in days 1 through 6. And then he rested. Then he stopped. Right? It is the end of all things of his creation. But for Sunday, it is set aside uh, as that day of new creation that is found where? In the resurrection and the newness of Jesus Christ. So the Sabbath was the end of things. Uh, As it existed then, but now uh, the idea is that uh, the fullness of the Sabbath now occurs in the person as new creation. Jesus was raised on the third day, and when was that third day? All right, let's try it again. Uh, We know about Good Friday. Good Friday was when? Friday. And what happened on Good Friday? They buried Jesus, right? What's so good about that? Because he died for our sins. That's what's so good about it. But we know, we all know that he was raised on the third day. So when would that third day be? Friday? Saturday? What? Sunday. So uh, we, when we gather together for church, it is not some day that uh, believers that they just picked out of a hat. It is a day that announces the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, You see, Jesus is the point and the object of the Sabbath. As the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus both is our divine rest and our divine celebration. For us and prayerfully for you, it occurs every single day. So when you wake up on Sunday, guess what? You proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you walk into church on Sunday, uh, you don't even have to say it. The fact that you end up in church on Sunday says, Jesus is alive. And When you decide to worship on Sundays, you, you say that Jesus is my Sabbath. There's a new creation in Christ, we celebrate a new day. While the, while the Sabbath does not disappear, Jesus moves its allegiances uh, into Sunday. And ultimately, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for us. Look at this. Uh, and then I'm two seconds from being done, kind of. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Okay, I need for you to to get this, right? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, I believe what Jesus was talking about, he was talking about himself. If he is the object and the point of the Sabbath, what he was saying that he was made for man and not man for the Sabbath yeah we get our rest in it and we should relax and restore our bodies all at the same time but I believe what Jesus was saying here that he was made for man that the reason why he came was to deliver us so that when we think of Jesus Christ number one as creator of all things we also think of Jesus Christ as also being our Deliverer, our Redemption. So rest assured today, that if you are in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about that Sabbath stuff on Saturday. But this means that we must quit striving with life and start resting in Christ. This rest means we must also give our hearts and give our bodies a break. So I want to tell you today, if you hear the voice of Jesus, harden not your hearts. Enter his rest. Enter what rest? Enter into the rest of the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's pray.